We taping. Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew. I'm a good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I got the itch. I want to buy a watch right now. Yeah? Just yeah. one? I, I kind of always have that itch. <laughs> I want to buy like 10 watches right now. It's, yeah. Oh, drink, drink some beer. I really want to drink the beer. You caught me, uh, just so everyone knows, approximately five minutes ago, I went to open this beer, and Everett started screaming at me. From the other side of the room. And I had partially broken the seal. As everyone knows, when you open a beer, you get two yeah. two breaks. And the psst. <sighs> yeah, I, the psst occurred. But the ksh, the you know, the, the beer that said its name, it didn't say its name yet. And I'm not, we're not drinking Bush. I'm actually drinking a 10 barrel Pearl IPA. And this is one of my favorite beers of all time. It's really good. I'm drinking a Hop Valley Mango Stash Mango India Pale Ale, 12 fluid ounces. Mm-hmm. Do they have Hop Valley in other places? You know, I don't know how how far they distribute. Hop Valley is really remarkable. I I imagine they distribute probably nationally. I don't know about internationally. uh, Just because they are a subsidiary of the Coors Company. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. (laughs) Well, look, if you're on the West Coast and you can find Hop Valley, try to find Hop Valley's cryo stash yep. it's called cryo stash it's a blue can it's a double ipa i think it's my favorite ipa i've ever had interesting i mean i like i like it better in the in the two cans of it i had i like it better than pliny uh do you think that's because so here's my theory on pliny i love pliny the elder oh man give me but, some of that russian river but the, I think what makes Pliny the Elder so special is that those of us who who are not outside in in the the little sphere of their brewery, we don't get it. So we have a really inflated opinion of Pliny the Elder. And yes, it's award winning. Yes, it's a terrific beer. But I think there's IPAs out there that I would rather drink on a regular basis. Ah, uh, well, yeah. So I mean, your your theory is that scarcity. Yeah, it drives up demand. Right. Now, if I had a keg of Pliny, if I had a regular access to kegs of Pliny, I would drink the shit out of it. I just have a keg of Pliny in the kegerator in the garage. Can God. you imagine? Oh, I would be if anybody so does, so I'll popular. kiss you on the mouth. And I will, I mean, in exchange for that keg of beer. Not just, yeah. I mean, I'll also kiss you on the mouth because I'll have had way too many of the beer. But, you know, yeah. whatever. We're going off track. <laughs> we're, we're already losing it. We're, we're three minutes in and we're mouth kissing right off the rails. Listeners. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not above that. We're not above that. Mm-mm. Andrew, how are you? I'm well. I'm tired. I'm, I am switching sides of the week, so I'm going into a uh, a six day weekend, which is delightful. Is today the today? first full day of your six day weekend? No, I worked today. You so. did. You worked today. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I'm I'm t- today is the eve of my six days off. And you had heroin at work today. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I I, I took some you- from, from a guy. <laughs> You took some. Yeah, took heroin. Took quite a large amount. It was kind of cool. Um, I'd never seen that much heroin in one place off of like at a person's pocket in person. So yeah, it was cool. Good day. Long day. And it's a Friday. Everyone's still, like, the nice part about this being my Friday is that 
I mean, it's going into the weekend. It's not. It's not a real Friday. My my work schedule is is unusual because I work four days a week. But nice thing about this being my Friday is that I don't care about tomorrow. My work phone's at work. All my stuff's at work. Besides the laundry that I have to do, but not, it's weekend now. It's the freaking weekend. Yeah, they're gonna have me some fun. Uh, you know, I uh, my wife texted me today. It's it's Friday, and it was the Rebecca Black meme, and I. Oddly enough, I read an article last night about Rebecca Black opening up about how it ruined her life that she did that song. And and uh, because I read that article, I then watched the video. It's worse now than it was in 2011 when it was released. It was always bad. But it's worse now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's way worse now. So. Have you ever drank Cristal in a Stretch Navigator? No. No. I don't, I don't think I've ever even been in a Stretch Navigator. I've been in exactly one limo. I've been in a Stretch Navigator. Yeah. I didn't drink Cristal. I mean, missed opportunity. Yeah, I think I drank High Life, which is the champagne of beer. Yeah, so you sort of did it. <laughs> you sort of got there. Yeah. You sure it was a navigator and not like a, a Navigator or something like that, like it, an off-brand navigator? It may have been an Escalade. Oh, oh. It may have been an Escalade. I hope you just choke on your beer. Yeah. It, it, it was a stretch in any event. I've only been one of those. I sang karaoke. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> John Michael Montgomery in the in in the limo in the stretch navigator. Did it have a hot tub? It didn't. Oh, then why bother? But it had, but it had karaoke. That's pretty cool. I would think I would rather a party bus because the whole the, the that's idea. That's what it is. That's what it is. No, it's a no, no, party bus. It's not a party bus because you can't stand up. Uh, you can I, you can hunch. Yeah. No, we were we were definitely lower than a than a full standing no, party bus. You can stand up. That's a way more comfortable way to travel. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, we weren't going very far. Doesn't matter. The ability to if I sit and drink, I'm stationary. We're you know this about me. From Portland to Bend, that's a three and a half hour drive. Yeah. And in a limo, that might even be a four hour drive. No, man, you need a party bus. You need to be able to stand up, stretch your legs. I take two pee breaks between here and Bend. There was a toilet. Like the window? Yeah. No, it was this little tiny city downy potty. Okay. Yeah. No. Still. <laughs> <laughs> still party bus i take two break two pee breaks because i drink so much water when i drive i get yeah. so thirsty when i'm driving i drank a lot of high life yeah and and the problem with drinking beer is that once i break the seal i pee once per beer it doesn't matter if it's 12 <laughs> ounce or a pint every beer consumption is a pee and it's a lot of pee i when i went on a salmon fishing trip last year uh, i i won a high five from the guide because he'd a never seen anybody Almost feel a beer pitcher because we he uses a beer pitcher for people mm-hmm. to pee in, so people mm-hmm. don't pee on his boat. Mm-hmm. I, I won the high five of the greatest peer because I pee a lot, both mm-hmm. in frequency and in volume. And I filled that beer pitcher three quarters of the way up once an hour. People could not believe it. They're like, dude, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. How are you doing it? I don't know. I just have an extremely efficient system that flushes all the liquid out and just leaves the alcohol in my body. So I'm hammered right now, but I'm going to keep peeing. What do you think people think when they listen to the show and they hear? I mean, because occasionally, occasionally. We go right. I mean, like I said, we're off the rails here. You know, I think the, I think the, uh, for the two of us, the funniest moment we ever had on the show were the P-tubes. Yeah. Oh, man. What, what episode was that? Was that when Tommy was here? 
I don't know. We'll have to go back and look for the pee tubes. I mean, that's still to this moment, I mean, about as hard as I've ever laughed in my life. People might be laughing right now, remembering back to it, hearkening back to the urine tubes. If you remember the pee tube, <laughs> take this moment <laughs> to, to to praise that moment. Uh, okay, great. We're talking about we're talking about watches. We are. We're going to get into it. And I suggested this topic. You did because we we've done a couple poor man's watches before, but this one. This one is going to, we're going to see some overlap here, not necessarily in the watches that we're picking, but in the, in the space that this would generally fill. We're doing another chronograph. We're doing the Daytona today. And poor the, man's Daytona. The, the reason we're doing the poor man's Daytona is because if y'all are anyone, anything like me, after seeing the Daytona on the Antique Roadshow mm-hmm. and seeing that man collapse after learning he had three quarters of a million dollars. Oh, Smokey the Bandit. Sitting in front of him. I've done a lot of looking at Daytonas and and lusting after a Daytona. I, I wore a Everose Daytona at Red Bar PDX a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I missed that. And it was actually good because I sit very late at work that night. Yeah. So, any, we're, we're again, we're, we're losing it. Back on track. <laughs> after, I, after I do the intro, we can talk about Red Bar. Uh, so, we decided... And we're going to talk about how people like Everett and I and you listeners can get something akin to a Daytona in in the way of a poor man's Daytona. Because if you're anything Scratch like the itch, yeah, if you're anything like me and Everett, you're not going to ever have a Daytona. It's just it's just not going to be in the cars. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, you cannot get hit by enough cars. <laughs> I mean, and if you could, there's a good chance. If you did, there's a good chance you'll lose your left arm and yeah, or in your case, your right arm. Yeah. yeah. You're, yeah, you'll, you'll, it, it wouldn't be bueno. The, the only way, like, like the president would have to run over you in his motorcade and it would have to be an accident that was, everyone was at fault. And somehow you'd have to be in front of the presidential motorcade. Right. I, legally. But you could potentially get a Daytona to match the trim on your uh, hospice bed. Yeah. 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 Because you get hit by one of those motorcade cars, you're not going to make it. <laughs> so yeah, Poor Man's Daytona. Poor Man's Daytona. Before we get there, though, let's talk about Red Bar. Oh, yeah. Because that was last week, yeah? Uh, was it last week? I believe it was last week. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I think it was last. You know, it was interesting, man. It was interesting. So P- Red Bar PDX, Portland's got a Red Bar. Portland is about two hours away from where we live. So it's not a... Uh, it, it's not a... An, um, it's not a quick jaunt. That, that That's right. It, it's not an inconsequential trip but i uh i got an invite from evan you're terrific on instagram uh if if you guys know who he is uh fantastic photographer makes some pretty good pretty fun youtube videos too he's uh just generally a very very nice guy he was on a podcast he was on oh gosh what's the name of their podcast max and ot um uh the black dial well I may think of it and I may not, uh, but he was on their podcast a few months ago and just generally a great guy. We've, we've talked on Instagram over the years and uh, found out P- uh, Red Bar was having another meeting. And so I went up and, and joined those guys and it was just super interesting. You know, first, uh, what I did not know was that the venue was a closed restaurant. And, and by closed, I mean, it was it was not open at that time of day. And so when I showed up, at the place where this thing was going to be, uh, there was, you know, a big closed sign and no one inside. Uh, but a couple of guys sort of milling about 
And I asked, I said, hey, do you guys know this place is closed? Do you know if it's going to open? And they're like, well, no, it's closed. <laughs> I'm the asshole. <laughs> I can read. <laughs> I said, okay. And they said, well, are you here for something? And, and I was like, oh, I need a secret password. And I said, yes, I'm here for a red bar meeting. And they were like, oh, okay. You know, and they were fine. Did uh, you have to do a secret foot tap and handshake and stuff? I, I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, In Portland, that can lead weird places. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed it can. Uh, but, you know, I think there was probably about 25 or 30 people there. That's a good uh, amount of people. It, yeah. 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 It, it was a good amount of people. You know, I've got uh, Cascadia Strap Company, a, a company I don't think we've ever talked about on the show, but I've got sort of a friend relationship with one of the owners of Cascadia, you know. I'm not his friend, but we have mutual friends. And so we've talked in the past. He was there, uh, owner of Cascadia Strap Company. Um, you know, Evan, from, you know, you're terrific, was there. So so folks that I, I've had an opportunity to sort of engage with online were there. And, you know, meeting people in real life is is always fun. Right. Um, but in addition to that, just the sheer, you know, I was a, I was totally out of my league in a, in that, in a place like that. The amount of just drool worthy watches was out of this world and we posted some of them on the instagram or i posted some of them on the instagram i posted some of my favorites but those you know those versions didn't really do the whole thing justice it was just overwhelming amount of omg watches you know yeah i you you sent me a, a a few select photos of it and i was uh, <clears throat> lamenting that I was still at work and not drooling over those watches, but also at the same time a little excited that I wasn't drooling over watches that would just never, ever be on my wrist but for the grace, the graciousness of its true owner. Right, right. Yeah, and, and you know, everyone was so nice. And I brought, uh, you know, I brought our... Um, some of the the loaner watches we have in. So I brought all of the Nemos. I brought the uh, Notice Sector dive watch. Um, and, and I asked those guys before I took them. You know, I said, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, th- I'm going to go to Red Bar. Is it okay if I bring your watches? And they said, of course, yeah. Um, did you have the Hellcat at the time? And I, I did not get the Hellcat uh, until Thursday. Mm. Yeah, so that was too bad. But um, We have a Hellcat, by the way, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Yeah. We got a Hellcat. Uh, Nick from Orion Watches sent us a Hellcat. So we will be, uh, spoiler alert, Nick will, I believe, be coming on the show shortly. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, we've, 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 we've had that conversation. He says he will. So if he doesn't, it's because he lied to us. He, right to our fingertips and eyeballs. <laughs> I, I mean, I just can tell him, hey, I'm going to keep this watch until you come on the show. Oh, gosh, we could hold it hostage. <laughs> That's not even a high ransom to pay. No, it's not. It's not. Just come on the show. Just an uh, hour of your time. But so anyway, Nick is totally going to come on the show, uh, which we are extremely excited about because he's been someone that we've followed. All, you know, I think we followed him just about all the way through his evolution mm-hmm. uh, from modding, you know, SNKs to where he is now uh, in, in real time. You, you know, a lot of these guys, we hear about it sort of after the fact or whatever. It, you know, we've had the opportunity to follow Nick sort of as he's progressed uh, which has been a lot of fun. You know, I feel kind of the same way about Darren Tiffany, right? Darren's mm. got prototypes that are coming out soon. And, you know, I cannot wait. We were there, yeah. right? We were we were some of the first people to reach out and be like, dude, what are you doing? And it's crazy cool. Yeah. Can you at least let us look at one? 
So yeah, uh, that's going to be fun. Nick's going to come on. And, but yeah, Red Bar was just cool. You know, I think if you have an opportunity, if you're close at all to one of them, it, it's it's worth going. Uh, it's it's also a little awkward, right? Yeah, I mean, so I guess the one of the questions I had, and, and this is the first time we're actually talking about it, because I saw you once, but it was for a, a wholly different unwatch-related function. Uh, how many of those people are, are Red Bar regulars? And it's like a tight-knit community of, of dudes who are like, that's a social outlet for them, and they go and hang out with other watch nerds and, and people with expansive watches on a regular basis versus how many people were like you who were just showing up like, hey. You know, there was a couple people who were obviously not regulars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you could just tell. Um, but then there was probably, there was like five or six guys who I was certain knew each other relatively well and then there was like maybe 15 to 20 people who it was very vague it was very Mm -hmm. ambiguous whether they were just friendly and able to be part of the group or whether they knew folks so and i really i really couldn't narrow it down i really couldn't narrow it down so um there was a few people like i said who were very friendly with one another uh with one another uh there were several people who were very friendly with me that had no reason to be friendly with me. That's uh, a good sign. Well, you're a, yeah. you're kind of a friendly face, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that it's just a really warm, welcoming crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, these are people that show up at a random place on a Wednesday night because they want to talk about watches and they hang out with talk- other people that talk about watches. That's right, because their friends are tired of them talking about watches. Right. <laughs> That's right. They want somewhere an outlet to talk about watches, a safe space, so. if you will. Yeah, you know, which I think is essentially what we've done here, right? It's yeah. just a different, a different medium for that expression. So it, it was, it was and a very price fun. Point. A much different price point. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's nice that we've we're able to dictate the terms of what we talk about here, mm-hmm. because I spent a lot of time talking about five digit subs. You know, Ooh. I know, <laughs> which is fine. Five digit subs are cool. Uh, but I'm also sort of minimally interested in them, and and, and the reason for that is not because I don't find them interesting. It's because it, yeah. it's it's not a re- really something I'm I'm gonna I'm in the market for. No, not yet. Maybe someday, but yeah, certainly I, I not mean, right now. M- maybe, maybe. Uh, so, uh, yeah. But that was good. That was good. Well, I'm glad you had fun. I'm sorry okay. I couldn't join. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go back. I think I'm gonna go back next week. Uh, are Are you gonna come down to wind up San Francisco with me? When is it? March twenty sixth. Hard maybe. Okay. <laughs> put it on your put it on your calendar. Yeah. Well, hang on. So this that's our announcement. I, I Everett am gonna be at wind up uh, San Francisco in March. Andrew is a solid maybe for wind up in March. A hard maybe, yeah. A hard <clears throat> maybe. Uh, but. If that's something you're into, hit me up and meet up and we can go get a beer. So I suppose as we get closer, we'll solidify some sort of meetup plans or whatever. And I don't even know what I'm going to do. It'll be my first watch event. Just go and break into boutiques and vendor booths and grab as much as we can and bounce. Steal a steal a Monta. At least two. <laughs> Be forewarned, I'm coming yeah. for your watches. Yeah, just just as a warning, they're ours. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm looking at these watches. I think that the order we have them in, I'm going to switch this around. I'm going to switch this around. Why don't you start? Okay. Why don't you start? 
with with this guy. Uh, do Do you want to talk about the Daytona first? Yeah, we do you, you want to kind of open it up and and and, and differentiate the between the Daytona, the Speedy, the role they play, and and why we chose these watches for this application versus the watches we chose for the Speedy application? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Why, why don't you? Why don't you, what do you think? <clears throat> well, look, what, why don't you hit him with some history? Yeah, so let's so, let's, uh, let's hit him with the growth of the Daytona. Yeah, I th- I think that's fair. So the Daytona the Daytona really starts, really starts in 1963. But before that, there were several watches that were sort of doing a similar thing to what they do to Daytona does now. But but really, it's not until so so Rolex was making chronographs. They were making chronographs with third party, uh, with third party movements. They were making chronographs, no oyster case. At some point in World War II, uh, at some point in World War II, they make a chronograph, a non-Daytona chronograph that has an oyster case, uh, and, and they really weren't very successful. Um, there was a number of companies uh, uh, making chronographs who had sort of owned that space. So, from you know the mid '40s to the early '60s, Rolex is just sort of floating. They have chronographs in their collection. Towards the uh, Late fifties, early sixties, they start introducing some more dynamic, some more dynamic watches. People, uh, people are kind of into them, but still just minimally interested. Um, I think in sixty one or sixty two, they come out with a reference. I should I should look up this reference number. Sixty two thirty nine is the pre Daytona. It's the nineteen sixty two. So sixty two thirty nine, um, and that what what that winds up being is the the sort of um, the predecessor to the true Daytona. So fifty five, they launched the reference sixty two thirty four. I'm looking at this now, um, five hundred watches, and then sixty one, they have the sixty two forty. Right um, at this time, you know. Daytona had sort of established itself as maybe the best uh, <coughs> racetrack in the world. You've got Sir Malcolm Campbell, who's who's proudly proclaiming he wears his Rolex while he's racing. So Rolex is firmly in the scene. They've got this strong relationship with Daytona, but they don't have a true racing chronograph. So it's 60, 1963, they introduce the Cosmograph, the Cosmograph chronograph. And this is what is actually the first Daytona. Now, initially, they don't market it as Daytona. Initially, they market it as a Le Mans. Mm-hmm. They market it as a Le Mans. Uh, but that quickly switches over. It becomes marketed as a Daytona. Now, the interesting thing I think about this, uh, one of the interesting things that occurs to me is they named it a Cosmograph in 1963. I wonder why that is. Right? <laughs> well, something happened in 1962. What? And and really in the first, you know, the early 60s, which was making space very attractive. But this is something that people don't mention. This is something that people don't don't mention is that the Oyster Daytona Cosmograph is clearly intended to be a space watch. Uh I, I don't know that Rolex is ever pushing it as a space watch specifically. I don't know that they're ever trying to submit it as a space watch. But I don't know how they can't because of the of the similarities it had to a other. Did you not believe that I just finished that beer? <laughs> I was you, looking for. I, thought, I don't know what I was. Thinking. You just picked up my beer can. Like, did you really just finish a beer? <laughs> Ugh, I don't need that kind of judgment. Anyway, 
<clears throat> who knows if they were submitting it or planning to submit it, but they're they're trying to directly compete with another very similarly styled, very similar functionality watch. And I, I love that they're doing that. But they saw the error in their ways and they did a little rebranding. Right. So the the Cosmograph, the reference 6239, that's not the pre-Daytona. That is the actual Daytona. That's the Cosmograph. Um, and, and what this is, is it an external tachymeter bezel? Yep. This is when they sort of introduced this external tachymeter bezel. Um, really deliberately designed to be large and readable for race car drivers. That's right. That's right. A very big, wide bezel. Mm-hmm. So much wider than similar chronographs that were out at the time. Much more legible, at least on the outside. Um, and, and, and these early Daytonas, really legible on the inside, too. Uh, and and this, this watch becomes an instant hit. Uh, the relationship with Daytona, the relationship to racing, instantly gains traction. And everybody loves it, including, famously... Uh, a spaghetti sauce maker. Chef Boyardee? Yeah, yeah, no. This guy, uh, he has a company. It's called Newman's Own. They make uh, spaghetti sauce. And he, I guess he was also a race he car He also driver. happens to race cars. It's like a pastime. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so Paul Newman uh, famously sort of adopts this thing just for personal wear, right? He's not really a spokesperson. There's not really a, a relationship with... Cha-ching, cha-ching. Just what a jackpot for Rolex. As if Rolex needs yeah. brakes, right? <laughs> they they caught one right there. It's just like the most famous actor in the world is like, yeah, well, I'll wear that thing. Pretty much dig this. You don't even have to pay me. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm just going to wear the shit out of Fuck it. Fuck off. <laughs> so um, that brings us to the question of what, what's a Paul Newman Daytona? So there's a lot of a, a lot of talk about a quote-unquote Paul Newman Daytona. So Paul Newman Daytona is specifically one of these Oyster Cosmograph Daytonas, or at least a Cosmograph Daytona, um, with a, so not not mandatory that it has screw-down pushers, but that has an exotic dial, the so-called Paul Newman exotic dial. Now that's a white dial, contrasting subdials, Art Deco font, on the subdials and a contrasting ring or on the seconds on the seconds track. I've seen some Paul Newmans, quote unquote Paul Newmans that have the black acrylic bezel. I've seen some with the stainless steel bezel. I don't know what the rule is there, do you? I think the rule is if you call it Paul Newman and other people believe it. Right. Cuz there's there like any other highly sought after watch, there's fakes out there. There are Franken Rolexes out there masquerading as true Paul Newmans that aren't Paul Newmans. Well, I read an interesting I read an interesting statistic, I don't know if it's true, but that one out of every 10, only one out of every 10 of the Daytona sold in that era. In that era, the Paul Newman era, only one out of 10 were exotic dials. And that at least 30% of those, at least 30% of those were serviced with later service with non-exotic dials Hmm. so i know a place on the planet earth that you can get exotic dial paul newman daytonas house horology for five bucks that's not funny (laughs) uh if you go to no his are much more expensive than that if if you go to kandahar or bagram 
Uh, you can get them for like five bucks a piece, and I'm I'm sh- I'm really sure you can get some Paul Newman spelled N O O M A N Daytunas for like five six bucks a piece. I want a Daytuna. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it may or may not have a Bulova logo, but you can just scrape that off. I want a watch that says Daytuna, but not O O Daytuna. Like yeah, with T U N A. And I want it to be a Daytona dial in a Seiko tuna case. Hell yeah. Oh, man, that'd be dope. <laughs> but just a three-hander. <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, we could make it happen. And we call could, it the day tuna. We could have a 40 and 20 lineup of uh, parody novelty watches. <laughs> a tuna case. We might, dial. We, we might make this an episode. <laughs> yeah, our favorite, our favorite mashup watches. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Hashtag mashups. I cracked myself up. We're, we're on to something here. So do we need to talk about the Daytona? What makes a Daytona? What makes a Daytona homage? What are you looking for if you want a Daytona homage? Oh, so what So what I'm looking for in a Daytona homage is I'm looking for that really classic 369 subdial. <clears throat> I want an external bezel. Like I mean, I'm looking for all the same things that I'm looking for in a speedy homage. I'm looking for all those racing chronograph cues refinement legibility and and a really elegant simplicity cuz that's what you're getting out of the out of the tonas there's they're they're super expensive but they're not fucking crazy and unless you're looking at like the rainbow daytona sure. that that you know miley cyrus wears sure or any a precious metal daytona yeah, yeah. and that, that that's bonkers that's yeah. that's a whole other that's a whole that, that that's a category in and of itself but that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for classic racing chronograph because that's all a Daytona is. Yeah, and I think I think uh, uh, a Daytona is going to be um, the Daytona versus the Speedmaster. I, I think it's a, a bit more geometric, mm-hmm. a bit more blocky, uh, a wider a wider bezel. You know that that Speedmaster bezel is so uh, I wouldn't call it thin, but relatively thin. Um, it's a, it's a little bit of a pancake watch. I think a Daytona is going to be a little chunkier. Notable. When I think of a Daytona, I think of screw down pushers. Mm -hmm. So that, that sort of, um, not knurled, but, um, some texture flute, a fluted, a fluted, uh, turner on the, on the pusher. Um, just a, just a chunkier, more texture full watch. I'm thinking a lot more tool inspired, a lot more, uh, rugged if you will. Rugged in appearance anyway. Yeah. 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 And and certainly uh, when you compare some of the early Daytonas versus the Speedmaster, you know, Speedmaster uh, is is still going to have very little water resistance comparatively. You you know, these early Oyster Rolexes are are known to be sort of water resistant powerhouses. So uh, I I think that 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 idea... And at five digits, they fucking ought to be. Right. Right. That's right. Uh, That's right. So... Yeah, fantastic. I think that I think that just about nails it. Is there anything more uh, that needs to be said about that? I don't think so. Cool. I think I think we start moving into some selections. Yeah, why don't we start with your baby? Okay, so this is a watch that we know. It, sorry, I had a beer burp. <laughs> this is a watch we know. It's a watch we love, and and we're gonna kick right off with the Seiko SSB 03. Now this is different than the, this is different than the watch in this category that we normally talk about. It is. It is. It's a different color scheme, primarily 
in that it is a stainless tachometer bezel. And all the other features are the same. We still have the water resistance that we know and love. We've got that perfect 40 and 20 sizing. But I I, I feel like the the off-color bezel, because so you're still getting black dial, black subdials. You're getting this the same case shape as you're getting out of the 031, obviously, because the, the difference is the bezel. You're not getting the ionized bezel, but you're getting a stainless steel off-color bezel. And that's that's kind of where I one of the big things that I that I wanted out of a out of a poor man's Daytona mm-hmm. is that contrast. Because when I think Daytona, I'm thinking contrast between the dial and the bezel color. I'm thinking typically thinking the reverse. I'm thinking a white dial black bezel. That's where my mind goes when I think Daytona. I don't think the rainbow, I don't think the precious metals, I don't think any of these other things. I'm, that's that's where I'm going. I'm going I'm a panda with a black bezel. Mm-hmm. This is a black on black with a stainless bezel. And and this is a watch that that we all know that we love because it's terrific. We all know that we love. Yeah. I mean, I th- I've heard people that are not us refer to this as the 40 and 20 chronograph. Because it is. Right. It's it is <laughs> one of the best value watches on the market. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm probably going to take mine home tonight because you've had it for some time. I've reached into my little little watch pile to to grab it a couple of times and been like, "Oh, oh. Uh, where where are you?" Which is fine. I have my uh I have my Mako on a uh on a tan leather right now and I'm really really digging that combination. So, I've been rocking that when not at work. It's a super hard bezel. I like it. I like it. And it looks really good. The Citizen uh, strap is no joke. No, it, it's it's pretty girthy. But yeah, I have it on the uh, the OEM Citizen... Uh, That's what she said. Citizen Avion strap. And it it's a money combination. I looked at it actually before I came over for Kim's birthday. And I was, I was looking to put uh, my SNK on a different strap. And I was like, ooh, this strap hasn't had any wear in a while. Right. So... Back to it. Um, 40, 20 by 46, 100 meters of water resistance, yeah. hybrid mecha quartz, 6T, 6.3 movement. Kapow. You're getting a lot, of, you're getting all the coolness you want. You're not getting the price tag and and you're getting a, a true to form racing chronograph. You, How the, long will people continue to listen if we just talk about this watch? I, I, probably <laughs> until the end because it's a terrific watch. What you're also getting here, and I think this is an important component of the daytona the big ass crown guard mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know if we talked about this when we when we t- last time we talked about this on the poor man speedy episode but this is much more of a daytona homage than yeah. it is than it is uh, a speedmaster homage although it fits in, in in both of those categories yeah and i think this is the only watch that we talked about on both episodes is that right yes uh we'll we'll, we'll touch on the v8 and we talked about that one too, yeah so. but but i think that's just because it's such a universally uh, a universally acceptable chronograph. It's a great racing chronograph. It fits the Daytona kind of homage that 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 filler. It fits the Speedy, but we got some big ass bulky crown guards on this SSB. And I and I think you're right when it's when when you say it's it's a little bit closer to Daytona than to Speedmaster. Well, why don't we do it? Why don't we talk about the Tiso Tiso t- tits out? Yeah, the tits out. The tits out V8 real quick let's, because let's. You, you know the the nice thing uh, I, what I really like about the SSB 033 is that it comes in at 130. Yeah, because it's f- ugh. 
Guys, if you don't have one, what are you doing? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, the Tissot, I think if you're looking for a watch like this, I think this Tissot is a really natural um, place to be. I don't know for a little over twice the price, you know, coming in at just under 300, I bet you can get these for a little less. We've pulled up one of these on a Hellsberg Diamond uh, website, which maybe you can get this for less, but at about 300 bucks for the Tissot, is there anything you're getting? Is, is there anything you're getting here to make this worth worthwhile? I, I, I think not primarily because you're gaining size. You're getting a 42 and a half millimeter case as opposed as opposed to a 40 millimeter case. And maybe you want that. But but the Daytonas are ringing in at what 39? Yeah, 40. 40. So so you're you're gaining size. You're 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 missing on that uh I'm not going to use the word petite. I'm going to use the word properly sized. Mm-hmm. Watch. And uh, you're you're paying a little more. You're you're not getting a mecha quartz. You're getting a straight quartz. Yeah. Which it's in fairness, it's 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 Swiss quartz, and it's, it's a, and I love I love quartz watches. You all know that. You all, in fact, you make fun of me for that. I think it's an Etta. I think it's an Etta quartz. But you're but you're you're missing out on the on the Mecca quartz option, which I think if you're looking to replace a Daytona, you, if you're not going mechanical, you need a Mecca quartz. You are getting sapphire. Yeah, you are I, getting sapphire. You know, I've put the SSB through the ringer, and I have not had any issues with the. With with a crystal, well, and that's anecdotal. In any event, well, I think sapphire is the superior material. Uh, concur. That's fair to say. Um, I, I don't, uh, frankly, like the styling anymore uh, than I like the SSB. I, I think I, I like the the subdial placement on the SSB more than yeah. the than the Tissot because you're getting a two thirty six and a and a ten thirty. This is like or a ten a two a ten and a ten two six on the yeah. Tissot. Uh, you, you know, Tissot. The Tissot is probably going to be. A slightly more refined would be my guess, uh, but at three hundred bucks for Tissot, I bet it's not significantly more refined. No, and I and I think the I think what the SSB gets away with is that everything is so polished. Mm-hmm. They there there isn't the there aren't transitions, which I think you're going to get in the Tissot. But with that, with all the polish that you're getting on the SSB, you can overcome some of the the lack of attention and the transitions of polish and brushing. I do think that the bezel on the Tissot is a little bit broader. I think that it's maybe uh, aesthetically, I think there's some advantage or, or at least some some differences that you may find advantageous. But I think that the SSB and the V8 fit very similar places in terms mm-hmm. of uh, brand prestige and um, in terms of having a sort of mainline watch that's going to be very similar to daytona without being without aping the daytona mm-hmm. um they both do this really well also big old chunky crown guards yeah yep on, on both of these mm-hmm. right on both of these so i think that they both they both fit the bill and you know there's a thing right some people want swiss some people want not swiss you know um you, you know for for folks that we run with i think that uh, Japanese, there's no, there's no disadvantage to a Japanese watch. So, um, in, in terms of, in terms of, um, uh, reputation or, or whatever. So, uh, I, I would personally go with the Seiko every day of the week for the price and, and never think twice about it. I think I like the pushers more on the Tiso. Yeah, they're nice. I they're, think they're just a touch, they're, they're a touch refined. shorter in the, 
in the uh, recessed mm-hmm. portion of the pusher. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I like that a little bit more. There's a little bit more differentiation between the top of the pusher and the, and the actual cylinder of the pusher. And I think that's what I mean. I think there's just going to be a couple little mm-hmm. things where the Tiso is going to offer just a touch more, a touch of refinement. But for, for twice the price, it's certainly not. Well, I shouldn't say certainly not. You, you have to decide. It's if that's probably valuable. not. I think it's not going to be valuable for me. So I think for the Mecca Quartz alone, it's not not worth the price difference. Okay, you ready? You ready to move on? Because I've got to watch. Okay, I'm going to watch. I've got to find it. I meant to bring it up, but I didn't. So, oh, you're the worst. So this is a watch that Jody from Just One More Watch has reviewed. Uh, you, you know, you know, we're huge fans of Just One More Watch. Uh, that guy Jody is just. I think he's making some of the best, most consistent, uh, easy to watch, well organized YouTube reviews there are. He's in our price segment, uh, by and large. Uh, he seems like just a hell of a nice guy. I think he follows us on YouTube, which means, or he follows us on uh, Instagram. Which... Say if he follows us on YouTube, it's we have three followers now. <laughs> we have more than that. I think we have like a hundred. Um, but this is a Pagani design. I think if you search Pagani Design Chronograph, you're going to find these. Now, these are sold. The Pagani Design is a weird company, right? I'm I'm apprehensive about your choice. I got to say, I, I feel like I'm looking at a straight ape of the Daytona. Yeah. And I feel like I'm looking at like... Um... So hear me out, because this is not a normal Ev choice. No. This is not a normal Ev choice. You know, I am fairly reluctant to bandwagon on a mushroom brand. And I don't know that Pagani Design is a pure, is what I really call a mushroom brand. But the specs on this thing, the specs on this thing for $89.99. What's the, uh, what's the crossed out price? Is that $449.95? MSRP $449.95. So we're looking at Chinese Invicta. So I think, yeah, yeah, that's right. So for $89.99, you get a Mecha Quartz movement. Okay. You get Sapphire. What? What? You get a true ceramic bezel. Get the fuck out. This is a ceramic fucking bezel. You get screw-down pushers, a screw-down crown, good loom, and a solid clasp bracelet. Solid end link machined clasp bracelet. This is all stolen goods. (laughs) It's only got 30 (laughs) meters of water resistance. Only thirty meters of water resistance. That raining is, and hand washing are the only are the only things it's rated for. <laughs> and raining has two ends. Raining, uh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, Jody made the comment when he was reviewing this thing that you know the pushers are screwed down, the crown is screwed down, um, but only thirty meters. I feel like I I want to test this in the pool. I don't know if he ever did that or not. For ninety um, bucks, you can afford that test. I, I yeah right. I I mean the specs on this thing are out of this world. A Deep engraved, beautiful case back. Um, you, you know, what are we looking at? I'm this is weird. I'm sort of into it, dude. I'm sort of into it. The chapter ring is weird. I don't like that. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have a contrast chapter ring, it, you know, but in terms of it's it, also tr- thick, it, it's chunky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean the chapter ring? The, yeah. the Rehot? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it it's not um, it's not something that bothers me. Uh, I, I kind of want to get one of these just to sort of play with it. It's n- probably not a watch that I would love to own, um, just because it is a mushroom brand. But with that said, 
mushroom brand. I don't know. I'm probably using that word incorrectly. It, it, it's appropriate, and I think everybody will know what I mean when I say that. Um, it, it's a pejorative that I, it, that I am intending to ascribe to it. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's fair or not. I think this is super interesting. I'm intrigued. 90 bucks, sapphire, ceramic bezel. It looks beautiful. It does. It's as casual in fashion, but not simple. <laughs> casual in fashion, but not simple. Uh, yeah, I, I want to get one, dude. I'm super intrigued. 90 bucks. Jody said really good stuff about it. He said, you know, Gus, this is good. Um, you, you know, uh, our, our friend SoCal Watch Review did a review that he's actually doing a giveaway for on another Pagani design watch. And he had similarly good things to say. His was a sub homage. Uh, and he had similarly good things to say about that watch. Um, obviously a different watch, but you know, gosh, the quality, he was really impressed. So 40, 40 millimeters, 20 millimeters on this 12 millimeter case thickness. That's thin. I think this is dope. The VK 63 movement. Yeah. Yeah. It says Japan movement right on the dial, right where it would say Swiss made. It says Japan movement. I'm intrigued. Right. <laughs> you, you were, your face was like, yeah. You're like, what's wrong with Everett? Did I Everett... thought you were giving me some bullshit. Who are you, Everett? Yeah, I, I'm into it. This is not an Everett pick, but I picked it anyway because I'm kind of, I, I, and I didn't think you would find it. I thought, well, if Andrew finds this, he's going to pick it, but I don't think he'll find it. Well, I, I don't, I remember seeing this this brand and then moving on right as you would <clears throat> as you would so the pagani design chronograph check them out on aliexpress we'll have links in the show notes i promise and and, and andrew has promised to do the show notes this week so i have so they're probably not going to happen sorry y'all <laughs> just search what he said so next watch andrew go. next up we've got the orient neo 70s uh the reference on it is the wv 0041tx and this is a little bit, it, it, it's a little bit off of the Daytona, but here's why I picked it. Did you just, just knock your knuckle on the table? I hurt myself a little. It's, it, I didn't hear it, but your face. I'm going to be okay. Okay. Keep it going. You need a Band-Aid? Yeah, maybe. Uh, so I went with the Solar Panda, the Milky White. I hate that they chose Milky White as milky the, white. as the adjective, or is that, that ad? The adverb for white? Keep it going, it, buddy. <laughs> move, move it along. So the Neo 70s. This is a watch that we've talked about before. It's a watch that it is it fits most of the criteria, but we don't but we don't have his tachometer bezel. You, you is, know, if the SSB is the 40 and 20 chronograph, I would say this is the Two broke watch snobs chronograph. I heard about this watch through two broke watch snobs. You know, Mike, or excuse me, Kaz has his Christmas chrono. Right. That he talks about I mean, so often. His LE that he loves. That's right. And this is, you know, I think that they have, they sort of introduced this watch to the affordable watch world. Maybe not introduced, but sort of brought it forward to the forefront. Proliferated. To the limelight, if you will. Right. And this is a watch we're all familiar with. But this, the, so the reason I think this fits is because I think it has the refinement that you want out of a little bit more rugged tool watch. You're not getting a tachometer bezel, and that kind of bugs me when you're dealing with a. Well, you are getting a tachometer bezel. Oh no! Oh no! Mm, mm, mm. It's just a not. seconds bezel. Yeah, it's just a second bezel in there. Interesting. It's it's a little bit weird for. I mean, it, this this isn't this isn't a racing chronograph. There's no no ifs ands or buts questions 
comments or concerns. This is just is not a racing chronograph, but this is a really refined chronograph from a brand that we know and trust, and it's coming at 250 bucks. So if you're looking for the refinement, if you're looking for still that classic white dial, black subdials, and a black outer ring, because you're you're gonna get a you're gonna get a uh, a plain bezel, but you're gonna get a black seconds ring on the very outside. Yeah, of the, the dial. second the second track is black, which yeah. which is sort of a. You're, a Paul Newman, which is right. w- one of the hallmarks of a Paul Newman yep. Daytona. So you're getting close to it. You're going to get a uh, a 4:30 date, which I like. But it's it. This is this is a close poor man's option. If you're looking for something like a Daytona, but not exactly a Daytona, something that has that same feel, that same refinement, I think this is probably it. And it's solar. I fucking love solar, man. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. It's beautiful. The hands on this are beautiful. Uh, or Orient does a really good job at this price point. Uh, I, I don't love the bracelet. The bracelet's going to be jingle jangle. The, the um, bracelet's going to be a, an Orient bracelet. It's it's more likely than not going to be the exact same as the Mako bracelet. It's also a little big. It's a little at, big. Forty two. Forty two millimeters. But and, and a twenty two millimeter bracelet. But that's kind of what we expect out of Orient. They get a lot of it right. They get they get ninety percent, and they say fuck it. We're not going to give you the last 10%. You're going to have to suffer through it. And Orients tend to run a touch large. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a cool choice, man. I, and, and I think it fits. I think it fits. I don't think, you, you know, it's a little bit off the off the, off the the prompt for you. Uh, but I think that's okay. I, I like it. Good, good choice. Next up. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go up. Oh, I looked at this watch a lot. I'm going to go up in price, and I'm going to go significantly up in price. And some might say at 980 euros that this is out. What's a euro? I don't know. Is that even a real thing anymore? So it's like six bucks. Does the euro mean anything after Brexit? I don't think it does. So that's I, why I say it's like eight bucks. I think the exchange rate is very good for us right now. I think if you want to buy something that's a EU product. Now is the motherfucking time because the euro, the dollar is doing very well against the euro right now. Time to buy. Right. Because <laughs> if you don't, this is going to bounce back and it's going to come in north of a thousand million, million money. So at about a thousand bucks, just over a thousand bucks, is the Steinhardt Ocean One chronograph. Now, this is a true. A true Paul Newman homage. Steinhardt, as a company, at least in its modern iteration, is very much an homage company or a Rolex homage company. They ape very closely the designs of Rolex. And this one's no different. Right down to the Art Deco font on the subdials. This comes in both a standard dial and a quote-unquote exotic dial iteration. Uh, this thing is going to be totally, totally out of this world, better than any other watch we talk about. Eta 2824-2, chronograph movement, which is a Swiss automatic. I think it's the only automatic on our list today. Um, 51 Joule automatic. This is going to have a signed gold-plated rotor, uh, Super Luminova old radium, old radium loom on the hands, uh, which is not offensive on this watch, which is not offensive on this watch the way it is on some other watches. Um, pretty, pretty, 
pretty subtle, I I would say. Um, screw down crown and pushers. Small seconds at three. 42, so a little bit bigger. And 22 millimeter, millimeter spring bars uh, or two millimeter lugs. So this is going to be bigger than the traditional Daytona. But in terms of aesthetics, nothing on our list is going to come closer to the Paul Newman era Daytonas. And and you pay for this thing, right? You pay for this thing at a thousand at a thousand bucks. Andrew, did you die? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm texting. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. He just totally disappeared. Hundred meters of water resistance. Andrew, what do you think? Uh, so I think that your pagan design is a. Cl- Loser homage. I, I do disagree with you in, in, in the matching. But I think if you're Oh well, but you know, this is different. This is this is more of the historical uh Daytona design, right? Uh, right. And, and this is a one to one of the Paul Newman, yeah. those those sixties era. With the with the arcing uh labeling over the six o'clock sub dial. And the and the Art Deco font on the yeah. sub dials. I mean, this is basically one to one. yeah. This this watch almost falls into kind of Daytona land for me in that it is a little bit more than I'm going to spend on a watch that I'm really lusting after, but it's just, it's not, it's not quite it for me. I love the K-shape. I love the crowns and pusher. I love the design. I love everything about it. I just can't see wearing it. Yeah, you know, I think this is something we don't we don't really have a, a firm policy on homage watches. We've been a little bit reluctant to talk about certain homage watches like uh, Alphas, right? We've sort of steered away, and certainly oh, we really deliberately steer away from them. I think, and and I don't know what makes this different than an Alpha. For me, I think it is going to be just quality, right? I know a Steinhardt is going to be absolutely. The tits. Would you feel that way if Alpha was charging a grand, though? I don't think so. No, and I think that the fit and finish on this is going to be... Oh, it's going to be head and shoulders above. That's exactly the term I was going to use. But are are we judging this against the the price point that they're getting it after, or are we judging this against the design cues? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's a reason... I think it's a reasonable criticism, and and I'm sort of... I'm reluctant to... I'm reluctant to express that this is uh, a watch I'd be motivated to buy because I don't know that I would buy it. With that said, I think if you're looking for something that is very close to a traditional unobtainium Daytona, Mm -hmm. but you don't, but you want to spend, you know, thousand dollar watch money versus, you know, hundred twenty to a hundred thousand dollar watch money. I, I don't think you can do better than this. Or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, which that's, was what got us on this topic. That's right. I mean, I think that you can pick up watches in this in this era for twenty to a hundred, depending on what you want. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that most of the people who are listening to this are ever going to spend that on a watch. I, I think here, I you're don't know if you should a truly premium level. You know, mm-hmm. maybe just sub "quote unquote" luxury level watch that that has all of the characteristics of the Daytona that you might want at a much more manageable price point. Yeah, I can get behind it. I like it. 
but I also don't. I don't right. know. I'm lukewarm. Moving it along. Now here's one when I'm not lukewarm around. Okay. <laughs> and this is a you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say before you even talk about this, this is a speedmaster. As opposed to a Daytona. Hey, you're right. You're right. But it's the Dan it's Henry. Your watch. It's the Dan Henry nineteen sixty two. I'm gonna let you finish, but Beyonce had the best best video of all time. What? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Dan Henry nineteen sixty two. I'm confused. <laughs> Kanye? Tay Tay? Okay, never mind. Pass. Keep it going. So we got the Dan Henry nineteen sixty two. And I got bad news for you guys. You're only gonna be able to find this used. But brand new, it was running at two hundred sixty dollars. They still have these, don't they? It says join the wait list for the panda at least. You yeah, can get I any think... of the other color variations. You get the reverse panda or the blue. Yeah. Okay. So just so it's you... just the reverse panda or the panda. Uh is it? Just just the panda. Yeah, so, yeah, so the reverse panda and the blue you can get. But we, everyone's familiar with Dan Henry. You're getting a 39 millimeter case. Perfect. You're getting a 20 millimeter look with. Perfect. You're getting a really classic racing style dial. And and when I <clears throat> I think you're right in saying that you're getting closer to a Speedmaster than a Dan Henry because you're getting a pretty thin tachometer bezel on the outside. But I think what this has that the that it, that brings it a little bit a little bit more into Daytona land is the just the the simple elegance of the dial is especially in the panda you've got black dial you've got or excuse me white dial black sub dials just a light loom on the hours and minutes or yeah the hours and minutes matching black seconds hand i i feel like this has the same kind of refinement the same kind of simplicity that you're getting out of the daytona that you're not quite getting out of the speedmaster but you are right in in that it's got a very thin tack meter bezel and twisted lugs and, yeah but the yeah. and sort of simple uh cylinder pushers mm -hmm. and yeah you're 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 losing out on a lot of the things that you're getting this this is kind of a maybe a happy medium between the poor man's speedy and the poor man's daytona because you're not getting crown guards you're not getting the same ruggedness you're getting out of the case of the daytona but you're getting a lot of the kind of that luxury feel that really simple you're not getting a you're not getting something at the at the six o'clock sub dial but you're getting just a dan henry logo on the top and moving on and you know yeah. we we're huge fans of dan henry right mm -hmm. you know dan henry i think you know this guy dan henry's a guy right he's just a dude he's a dude he's a dude he's probably you know one of the um got one of the best watch collections in the world and he's just a dude that was like, I'm going to make affordable watches for folks that are cheap as fuck. Mm -hmm. 260 bucks for this guy, and right? And a VK63. Mecha Quartz. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, it's going to be finishing, fit and finish, as good as anything else in that price range. And in terms of design, he does, he hits the details, right? You're only getting 50 meters, though. 50 meters of water resistance. He's not a water resistance guy. Yeah, which is, which is reasonable, but you're only getting 50. And I think that's a that's a important to note yeah yeah i like it man good choice oh thanks <laughs> shut up 
All right. Last up. What are we you got? ready for me to go off the rails? Yeah. If, if you want to, if you want to talk about how this is a how, how my last choice is a speedy homage. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna like, fucking G shock, y'all. I'm gonna go off the rails here. I'm gonna go off the rails. Okay. Okay. So, hear me out. Do I justify it first, or do I just say what it is? I think I I think you shape the conversation. Okay. So, when I think about what a Daytona is, I think about a watch with. Actual racing routes. Okay. I think about a watch that is a luxury watch from a luxury brand. I think about a watch that feels sporty, that has water resistance, that's going to be fun to wear. And this watch does all of those things. Now, there's a this watch comes in a in, in a in a wide family, and I'm going to narrow it down to a specific part of this family. But specifically, the watch I'm talking about is a Tag Heuer Formula One Chronograph. And there's a few years. There's a few years from 1991 to 1998. The Series One Second Generation Chronograph Formula One watch. So this is a resin case resin bezeled chronograph quartz watch with 200 meters of water resistance. And let me tell you guys, this watch is a little funky. It's a little funky. Now, the reason I've narrowed it down to this specific year period. So the 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 Formula One came out, I believe, in... I, I can tell you exactly when it came out because I've got it in front of me. Um, 1986... Hoyer introduces the Formula One. This is the Series One in 1986. This is a quartz three-hand watch. They later introduce the chronograph, the first-generation chronograph. Uh, and, and in the first iteration of this, so 1989, this has a terrible, terrible, awful mechanical quartz movement made by Ronda. And these things break. They're impossible to fix. It's got an unusual date function on the 6 o'clock register, and they're terrible, and you don't want one, okay? And you don't want one. What you, you don't. What you want is the second generation. They come with an ETA 251.262. It's a one-tenth of a second chronograph movement. 1991 to 1997. These things are available on eBay from anywhere from 200 to 750-ish. So they're in our price range. It's a Tag Heuer. This is the Formula One was the first watch that was introduced after Tag purchased the Heuer company. So this is the first Tag Heuer watch, as it were. Not the 1991, 90, 95, or 97 versions, but the Formula One. The resin case Formula One, and they're very cool. They're very cool. I think most of these cases are thirty-five or thirty-seven millimeters. Uh, full full resin case, full resin bezel, and I think it does everything I want a Daytona to do, besides be a Daytona. Oh, or anything resembling a Daytona. You know, it it is a chronograph. It doesn't have a tachometer scale. But with that said, minus the tachymeter scale, I don't think the Daytona does anything that this doesn't also do. 
it's a it's a it's a luxury company. And some people are going to argue whether Tag Tag Warrior is a luxury company, and, and and that's fine. Take my opinion; it's a luxury company. It fits the brand better than any of the other watches we've talked about today. It fits the general feel of the watch. I want a racing inspired watch from a watch from a brand with racing bona fides. Yeah, and you you. Definitely are getting out of the, uh, getting that out of this watch because this is a straight racing brand in my mind. Arguably, Tag Heuer has the most legit racing credentials of any any watch company that exists. Correct? Arguably, I mean, I I don't think you can, I don't think you can top it. And it's fun, man. That's what a Daytona is, right? A Daytona is fun, and this watch is fun. And I think if you really want a Daytona, you can do a couple things. You can save up half of your salary every year for the next 10 years and go buy a Daytona. Uh, or you can have a, have a long conversation with your wife and buy one of these on eBay tomorrow. Right? I mean, alternatively, you can get a Pagani design... For 90 bucks, and she won't even notice the bill. That's right. That's right. I mean, you could do that. But assuming there's something about the Pagani design that that doesn't feel right to you, assuming that, because I assume that for many of you, I think this is a great choice. I don't think you're wrong, but I also do think you're wrong. Because what are, what are we doing? We're providing people choices, right? Right. We're, pro- we're, we're providing people the... the, the the poor, the options for the poor man's Daytona, and I think if you're if you're trying to grab at the poor man's Daytona, the Pagani design, the SSB033, are poor man's Daytona, and this is a Daytona alternative. Fair enough, and, and fair enough, and, and I think the Pagani design is going to rub some people wrong, and it should. And if this is if this is a, a Venn diagram, the SSB031 or 033 is going to rub another group of people wrong and, and and those circles are going to overlap right those circles are going to overlap i think that this watch is for a group of people that maybe fall in the middle of that overlap i think if you're in the overlap of the people that the ssb033 rubs wrong and the pagani design rubs wrong and maybe perhaps you don't you don't have the money to spend on a steinhardt and and that also rubs you wrong because those there's some overlap there too. I think if you find yourself in that overlap, you either start saving up for an SSB or for a excuse me for a Daytona, which you can do. You can do this. You can do this. Save up, or you take a look at alternatives. And for me, this is where I would look. I I don't I don't think you're wrong. It's a weird choice, but I don't think you're wrong. I think I'm right. I, I, I hesitate to say that. <laughs> Mostly because I don't want to admit it, but I think you're onto something here. I think it's you, you. I think it's a wholly different direction. But I think if if it, if you're looking to to get into that same. If if you're looking to get into into a Daytona for the reasons that a Daytona exists, I think this is a perfect alternative. But if you're if you want a Daytona because you want a Daytona, th- no, 
This is this isn't going to be a Daytona. It doesn't look like a Daytona. It doesn't do the same exact thing. It as looks a like Daytona. a G-Shock. It doesn't look like a G-Shock. Yes, it fucking does. Disagree. You're an <laughs> idiot. What's wrong with you? It's got the super super rugged gnarly bezel around it. It's all subdued the the only real color you're getting on here outside of white is you're getting the tag hoyer green and red this could be at a quick glance mistaken for every big thumper g-shock that that we rock also i do i do think it's weird that the four o'clock date window is still a vertical date and it's not canted which is a design cue i think just just based on the on the dates of production but i i I think that's interesting, and I I really, um, I I I need time to process how I feel. How about this for uh, an entry into the best non-military military watch? There, this is a one of a kind. <laughs> There's no other watch that exists like this. <laughs> I love them, man. I love it. You know, the, it, it's f- Formula One was disqui- discontinued, discontinued in discontinued uh, discontinued in two thousand. They brought them back, and you can now get these very nice watches. Um, uh, you, you know, with sort of modern Tag Heuer calibers. But uh, in the olden days, this was an inexpensive watch coming in. At, you know, something like fifty percent of the price of their standard fare. Uh, these were intended to be affordable watches for the masses, and 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 I don't think they quite do that anymore. Um, they're more of a you know they've got these modern Formula One caliber sixteen chronographs. Uh, this is more of a sort of a Macy's shopping or you know Hellsberg Diamond shopping first year associate at the at kpmg or whatever right yeah um but the OG these older is, ones yeah this is pretty cool the this pushers are cool. cool i mean it, it's a super cool watch all right i don't know if it fits today maybe <laughs> maybe you should have introduced it you know during like i don't know you think i missed the prompt yeah well but i think i think you're onto something in the way of of a replacement rather than a poor man's other things, Andrew, go. I just watched a really cool show on Netflix, and I really liked it a lot. Tell me what it was. It was called The Stranger, and it sort of so it's a it's a British show on Netflix, and it kind of had the same feel as Black Mirror. Is The Stranger? That's when you sit on your left hand. For me, your right hand. But y- yeah, you're onto something there. Okay. That's not a replacement. That's a that's a. It, it, it continue uh it, so it's called the stranger and the whole premise is that this this person is just walking into people's lives and fucking it up so the the show opens and homie's chatting with his wife doing all kinds of like you know family stuff he's watching his kids play soccer and this woman walks up and i'm immediately thinking oh this dude's about to engage in an extramarital affair that's why it's called the stranger no this this woman walks up and she's like your wife had a miscarriage last year but wait it was a fake pregnancy check her credit card bill and then she vanishes and he's like 
Well, that was curious. But like any normal asshole, he does what she says. With this random person who has no credibility to him at all, he checks. And then... Well, but the no credibility in and of itself lends some credibility. Because well, she like... This is intriguing. I want to yeah. watch the show and know everything about it. She like... She, she knows about him, right? He goes and he checks and then it launches itself into a, a really long... Into a long story about how this woman is inserting herself into people's lives and upending them and her whole... The stranger. Is. The stranger. Her whole function in in the the lives of our of our of our characters is to expose secrets and it felt kind of black mirror-y not in the same sci-fi way but in the same kind of kind of thriller what is happening and then it all wraps up really nicely and you understand it like everything makes sense and there's that that like just moment of clarity like in signs or not signs uh in in uh oh shit the Sixth Sense? Yeah, The Sixth Sense. I don't know why I got that was mixed up. But <laughs> it, the same way in The Sixth Sense where there's that that click, that light switch that turns on, that for for those of you out there who are like me and can predict the ending of TV shows and movies, like the moment you meet the protagonist and the and the villain, you're like, oh, this if is If you're like gonna... Andrew and one of the worst people on the face of the earth. Uh, you know, I've gotten better about not spoiling it for other people. <laughs> I sit there and I say in my head, oh, this is what's about to happen. <laughs> this is this is the end of the movie. I've 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 now predicted it, and then I get to the end, and uh, nine times out of ten, I'm like, yeah, I expected that, but I still enjoy it. I that's why I don't I don't care if people spoil things for me because I'm like, ah, whatever. I was gonna spoil it for myself in the first ten minutes anyway. That being said, check out the stranger. It is a, uh, I think it's like ten episodes. And it wraps up, it, it's a clean wrap up. They tell the story at the right pace too. And that's something that I think a lot of TV shows struggle with is they, pacing. The, the pacing of pacing, their story yeah, yeah. is, is, and I think the, uh, one of my, the exam, my go-to examples is uh, True Detective. Sure. True Detective season one paced it perfectly. Yeah. True Detective season two, they, they got through eight episodes <laughs> of a 10 episode season and they're like, fuck, we've told 30% of the story. We need to wrap this shit up because we are out of time. Right. And then they just wrap it up quick. And that's the same, same thing with the final season of Game of Thrones. They, they were really diligent, diligent about how they managed their time. And I think they did a really good job and it's definitely worth a watch. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So I've got another thing. Do me. Right now? Uh, so, Radiolab. We've talked about Radiolab a number of times on this show. Yeah. Because it's arguably one of the top, you know, four or five podcasts of all time. Concur. Uh, and, and some of the episodes, you know, we've talked about the uh, the Colors episode where they talk about the mantis shrimp. And it's just, I mean, oh my gosh, you guys. If you haven't listened to that episode, Stop. Stop just, listening to us. Just We're just talking stop. about other things at this point. We're just running long. And go listen to the Colors episode regarding the Mantis Shrimp on Radiolab. Oh, my gosh. However, so one of the producers from Radiolab, uh, and Radiolab is this giant uh, uh, company at this point. They've just got uh, loads and loads of producers. The amount of time they put into these episodes, fantastic. Uh, sad news, you know, Robert Krowich. So Jad Robert Robert Krowich. Jad, uh, Robert Krowich has retired just in the last couple of weeks, which makes me very sad. Uh, and I just want to say, a, a, thank you to Robert Krowich for uh, being such an important part of my sort of foundational years in life and, and teaching me so much about stuff. But 
they uh one of their producers a fellow named Latif Nasser Latif Nasser uh, has started a six-part series. And, and I think episode two may be out tomorrow. Um, but episode one uh, of a six-part series, The Other Latif, is the name of the series. And I think the I think that the background on this is at some point, Latif Nasser searches his name. There's this thing where you can look up other people's with the same name as you and see how many other people there are. Thousands and, for and, me. And, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So Andrew Roberts, right. There's going to be 8 billion of you. Uh, fewer for me. Yeah. And for Latif Nasser, they came up zero. And he's like, well, but I'm a lot or less than one. And he's like, well, but I'm one. But I'm a whole person. <laughs> uh, so he, he finds nothing. But at some point, he figured out there's actually another fellow in the United States, I've got fingers closed, you can't see it, in the quote-unquote United States called Latif Nasser. It's me. It's my fake identity. And this is actually a fellow named Abdul Latif Nasser, which if there's some there's some uh, nuance there to the pronunciation, but this is a fellow who is a resident of the Guantanamo prison facility. Oopsies. Because he's a suspected terrorist. And if you know anything about Guantanamo, is not all of the residents of the Guantanamo prison system have been convicted or even perhaps charged with any crime. It's a weird gray area. That's right. why it's in Cuba. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So uh, this uh, episode has started off... Uh, you know, this series has started off with episode one, which is sort of the story of Latif Nasser's, Abdul Latif Nasser's, excuse me, um, uh, residency at Guantanamo and, uh, and his, <laughs> his put. ultimate, uh, his ultimate, the, the United States government's decision to ultimately release him and what went wrong there. And so it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger and, and it's six episodes. So I assume there's going to be more cliffhangers, but I spent an hour and f- whatever, two minutes, just absolutely glued to the speakers in my car. And I think you may too. So far, very fun. I have no clue where this is going to go. I've done no research because I'm kind of excited about learning the story. You know, I don't want to spoil it for myself. Just started. It's current. It's brand new. If you guys want to listen in, uh, after you listen to the new episodes, you can message me, give me your comments, all, 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 uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll feel free to wrap. Uh, I'll, I'll be excited to wrap with you about it. But I'm super pumped about it. I think it's going to be super fun, and I think it's something you should check out if you haven't already. America. Ah, uh, fucking America. Andrew, do you have anything else today? I don't. I don't have anything else today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I'm glad you came over. Me too. Missed uh, you. I missed you too. I saw you just a couple days ago, but I don't know. That was crazy, was man. Yeah, it was bonkers. <laughs> that was crazy. If you saw our Instagram story from a couple days ago, we had a little birthday party for my wife, and there was 10 adults and... 74 nine, children. Nine children and an infant. And it was fucking nuts. It was bonkers. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Check us out on Instagram, at 40 and 20. Check us out on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get all the support for the show. That's how we pay for the hosting and all the things that we have to pay for for the show. Uh, We have yet to achieve a number that is 
uh, made us, that has put us into the black. But we may get there someday. Eventually. Also, check us out at YouTube, 40 and 20 channel. Uh, we've got some watch reviews on there. We've got some podcast episodes. Check us out there if you're so inclined. A- and subscribe. Smash Don't- that like button, yo. <laughs> Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>